It is better to think of the church in the alehouse than to think of the alehouse in the church. Welcome to the Go to Hell podcast. I'm your host, Tim Curley. My preferred pronouns are me, myself, and I. And I'm joined by my co-host. That would be me, Colton. Also preferred pronouns are me, myself, and I. Uh, Guys, welcome back. Uh, We are here for week two. Um, If you're still with us, uh, welcome. Um, If you're just joining us, welcome. And if you didn't come back, well, uh, we miss you. Uh, we are going to be diving into, um, some big topics tonight. Um, we can't wait to share kind of our ideas with you guys, um, on some of these topics. Uh, but as always, before we get started, we want to tell you about what we are recreationally doing, um, this evening. And so we have a couple of beers here, um, the go to hell podcast beer of the week. Or maybe it's beer for the week. I don't know. I think they're both uh, California brews. We've got uh, from Liquid Gravity, which is based in San Luis Obispo. Uh, They've got a nice little uh, dinky uh, West Coast IPA uh, called Flipping Out. Um, It's kind of cool. It's got like these skaters on it. It looks awesome. Sponsored by Skate Warehouse. Yeah, sponsored by, and I didn't even see this one until just now, but uh, we have another DDH. It's uh, Barrel House Brewing Company based out of Paso Robles, and uh, it's a hazy IPA called Really Nelson, and it's got a picture of like a little hop that looks like Willie Nelson uh, with an acoustic guitar. Although the acoustic guitar doesn't have like a burnt hole in it, like uh, what's the name of Willie Nelson's guitar? Do you? Remember? I don't know, but yeah, the, the guitar is kind of. I was like, yeah, man, you guys could have just done it there, but that's okay. Um, so that's what we'll be indulging in this evening. Um, again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Uh, our merch link will be in our bio. Um, so. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, what we are doing tonight is uh, we are starting uh, a one, uh, a part one out of a five-part series. Um, and what we really wanted to do here was uh, we wanted to dive into this podcast, and this was actually what sparked um, what we were going to be doing, which is um, we wanted to talk about reasons why people are leaving the faith or why people don't want to come into the faith. Uh we feel like it's a huge problem in the church. We feel like pastors are talking about it every Sunday. Um, they're meeting in their rooms um, during the week. How do we reach this community um, that is constantly stepping back and away from the church? Um, and so today we're tackling uh, one of the top five reasons that was uh, that was put out by our pastor, and how do we um, reconcile that? And so we, today we are dealing with um, science and the Bible, and does it work? Um so, uh, yeah, Tim, anything you want to say before we get started? Yeah, so when we're jumping in on these uh, these topics of why people are leaving the faith, we want to make it clear uh, we're not necessarily blaming the church solely or even primarily for why people are leaving the faith. I think it's got a much bigger—there's uh, a, a lot more re- bigger reasons for why people are leaving the faith. Number one is 
fatherlessness at home. Uh, that's just a big driver of why people get into religion. Whether you think that's a good thing or bad, that's that's a fact uh, statistically. Um, there's also when we have massive change like we're having now, where we're in a postmodern era instead of a modern era, and we're in a digital age instead of an industrial age, that's going to cause all kinds of uh, upheaval culturally and lead people to think differently. And there might be somewhere, somewhere in there that's leading people to lead the faith as well. But as Christians, we should look inwardly uh, and think examine maybe some reasons of why people believe in the faith things that christians hold on to that again aren't doctrinal doctrinal they are not central to whether or not jesus died and rose three days later and uh saved the saved the world uh by doing that so uh this is one of those topics and it's a topic frankly that i get frustrated with both most of my fellow christians particular well evangelical christians and then Frankly, a lot of people these days on science who push science, uh, everyone seems to be a fundamentalist. So I'm going to be uh, pounding my cup tonight and whine, uh, complaining about everybody. But we'll start with the Christians, <laughs> our fellow Christians. Yeah, so we'll start with Christians. Um, so first of all, what we wanted to do was we wanted to talk about, okay, where do Christians come from traditionally? Um, where does the church stand on science and where does it stand on uh, kind of some of these bigger topics. Um, and usually where we find a lot of, um, not necessarily issues, but a lot of parts where science and uh, the Bible and Christians conflict is in the book of Genesis, um, which uh, is an amazing book. If you haven't gotten the chance to read it, I highly recommend it. Um, but this is where we get um, some of these kind of outlandish stories, things where uh, the rules of science don't really come into play. Um, so for those of you that are of uh, biblical tradition, you probably know what I'm talking about. For those of you um, that may have heard some of this stuff before, but you've never really, um, really understood all of it. Um, if you go to the book of Genesis, they say that the earth was created in seven days. Um, there's actually two um, origin stories, but uh, in the book of Genesis, but the one that is most commonly known is the one where, you know, on the first day, God created night and day, then he created, you know, everything else in, in subsequent days. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's the Genesis uh, of the earth. And then after that, we have the Genesis of humanity, the fall of humanity, where you kind of have this outlandish kind of story um, that just doesn't really... Uh, uh, makes sense to some people. Um, there's the snake that's talking, or the serpent. They eat this fruit, and somehow they're kicked out. They're, this fruit has magical powers that opens up their eyes, um, and so they are then cast out of the Garden of Eden, um, and then they are forced um, to walk this world, and then uh, their fall then causes the rest of the humanity to fall, just constantly over and over again. Um, so the world gets worse and worse and worse, and eventually God says, you know what, I'm done with you, um, and he creates a flood. Uh, he saves one family and all of the animals, and then from there, uh, he promises never to do that again. Um, and then from there, uh, he tries a different redemptive process. Um, he meets with Abraham, and Abraham and him 
um, work constantly. He says, I'm going to put my faith in you and your family and what you are going to do. Um, and it's a big step for God um, from from the flood where uh, everybody was killed. Um, and so then we start getting into more of the, uh, I don't want to say normal, um, because there's still miracles that continue to happen throughout uh, the Old Testament. You know, Moses has all these plagues that happen in Egypt. Uh, you know, there's all these different things that happen, uh, battles that occur, the walls of Jericho just come tumbling down just because people walked around it seven times and then shouted. Um, you know, like these are the types of things uh, that continually happen. But uh, where we're going to focus today is we're mainly going to be focusing on the Genesis narrative um, and just kind of that kind of stuff. And so, um, uh, so that's just a quick recap of just everything that the church traditionally believes about the Genesis narrative. Correct. Let's stipulate the reason why we're going to spend a lot of time on the Genesis narrative and not other parts of the Bible is because Christians for the better part of the last century, have been making a big deal about Genesis and insisting that it be taught to the wider audience in schools. That we haven't been having fights about whether or not we're going to talk about the, the plagues that delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. We don't have fights over whether or not we should be teaching that Jesus actually raised Lazarus from the dead. It's We fight about stinking creation. And that's why it's a big deal. And I think that more than anything else, look, you either believe in miracles or you don't. Frankly, most people who say they don't believe in miracles, they believe in a lot of other cockamamie, like spiritual, strange things that don't have anything to do in actual nat the natural world. But putting that aside, we're going to spend time on creation because that's the big bugaboo that the church has decided to put its flagpole down and fight over in in local government, state government, federal government, the Supreme Court, you name it, we fight over it. It's, I mean, a whole political movement was built around it in the late 80s, early 90s. So it's that's what we're going to talk about. And it's still an issue for a lot of you who might be even be listening to this. And so get ready. You're going to be angry at us. Well, and Tim, didn't you have a personal experience with uh, somebody who uh, just came into you and like, told you about what you needed to believe about the Genesis story? Or? Yeah, so I, I used to coach at a Christian high school. I coached there for about 10 years. It was, this well, for 10 years, it was the same high school I went to high school at and played football. And um, There was a parent there who was also kind of a part-time coach and a mentor to me, a business mentor. And uh, I think I was I was in the at the beginning of kind of questioning some of the stuff that I just grow, grew up um being taught and I, frankly i think a lot of us out there have it just as a side note most of us hang on to the stuff that we got taught in sunday school and don't ever grow up and by when i say grow up that's not a pejorative to the individuals it's just the church doesn't actually force us to grow up it keeps us stuck in old testament uh sunday school mode with those terrible felt board uh cutout things no, those are awesome so, I, I don't know, we were having dinner one night and I raised, I just, I said, you know what, I don't even really care about evolution or creation anymore. It, who cares? It doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. And he, my friend, my mentor told me, if you don't believe in the literal view of the creation story, then 
you can't believe the rest of the Bible and therefore you can't believe in Jesus and who he says he is. And that it didn't damage our relationship. I didn't walk away and get mad at him and stomp off. But I was, I, I mean, I lost a teeny tiny bit of respect in, with him in terms of theological. I didn't go to him anymore for theological questions because that just didn't resonate with me. So. Well, and I just don't think that that's very helpful, you know, like, uh, it's almost legitimately that whole, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that, you know, when we're looking at the book of Genesis, we need to understand. Um, and again, this is something that I work with, with my students, um, as an English teacher is we need to understand the purpose of all of the texts. Um, and, and for anybody listening, that is what you should do with any of the biblical texts that are there. Um, understand that all of the Bible's texts um, are of different genres. Not like each individually is a completely separate genre, but a lot of them vary in the type of genres. And so what is the purpose of that text? Um, what did it mean to the people of that world? Um, we, uh, 2,000 years after Jesus Christ, are able to sit around in leisure and talk about the, the wonders of the universe and talk about how did things uh, begin and that kind of stuff. Uh, but for them, uh, during that time, it was just an end to a means. Um, how did this whole thing start? And so, uh, you know, what what happened for this to happen? And you'll find that a lot of, uh, if you read a lot of ancient mythology, you'll find, and especially ancient mythology, like uh, around Babylon and the people that surrounded Israel during that time, you'll find that they have very similar um, uh, creation stories. Now, I don't want this to to be a thing where you think that I just said that the Genesis story is, you know, on the same level as Zeus and uh, the Greek gods and stuff when I say mythology. But mythology just in its in the word itself is just saying that this is how people use this to explain something else. It's a story to explain how something occurs. Um, and it's not backed in science. There's no, like, <laughs> that whole situation is not backed by science. So if you are trying to die on the hill of the Bible um, and the Genesis story work with science, um, you just, it's not going to work. You're going to have to work a little bit with it. Um, and so um, that's just something that I would say about it. Um, and that's uh, my personal view. Um, and then uh, if there's anything you want to add to that Tim. I mean so you're you're stating that you don't you don't believe in the, the strict five day I don't believe in the six, six, seven, the seven day story six days and then on the seventh day he rests rests right and so there's like a couple of there's a couple of different philosophies or ideas that have come up um, so there's um, different ways that Christians have tried to answer this question of how do we work with science with the whole situation. So there are people out there that believe that God created um, an old world. Um, so uh, when we look at how the world was created, um, they believe that God created like an old world with dinosaur bones already in it, or they believe that dinosaurs walked with humans. They believe that we have the dates on those completely wrong. Um, and then uh, they believe that the Grand Canyon was already there. Like that wasn't through years and years of water um, happening like uh, or that they have the dates on those completely wrong. And just the more that you, you kind of lean into that, the more you have to stretch. It doesn't mean, and again, we're going to 
we're going to go through this a couple of times through this whole evening. It doesn't mean any time in the time that Tim and I say what our opinion is or whatever we want to say. It doesn't ever mean that God doesn't have the power to do this. I, I don't ever take that from him. I don't ever think that that's... Um, I don't take away his all... He has the power and the ability to do that. I fully believe that. Um, I just don't think that's how he did it. That's all I would say. Um, I think that he has lots of power. I think that um, that the that the Genesis story has a different. It just it's not what it says, um, factually or scientifically, and I don't think that that's the important part or the purpose of no. Genesis. So, I mean, how about you, Tim? What do you say? On the Genesis. So, science, Christians should understand God is the author of science, and he's the author of the universe that we live in. Allow science to do its best to inform how God created this universe and continues continues to change. Um So, so I, I tend, I tend to follow more the evolution. I don't, well, I'm not a strict evolutionist. Um, I've done a lot of studies on all, all of this stuff. I'm by no, by no means am I an expert on any of this. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a theologian. Uh, I have studied, I, I did spend quite a lot of time studying the young earth scientists they make some credible arguments, to be honest with you. They point out some things that, that there's problems with the with the evolutionary time frame. They even point out some some problems with the carbon dating. I don't I don't find it credible enough uh, versus what's on the let's say quote unquote secular science side to go with what they say. But they make some good arguments. I'm not going to go into the detail. If you want to if you want to folks listen to this want to get into it, look up young Earth science. There's plenty of stuff, I'm sure, out there on the internet. Um, I also don't believe in the strict, what the average person would say is the evolu- is evolution, which is we just came out of this prim- primordial soup and evolved from that. And my understanding from l- listening to and following a couple of very prominent biologists at some Ivy League schools, biology hasn't even proven that at this point. Things certainly evolve. Creatures have certainly evolved, but we have no proof to date of any of the primordial soup from from that to all this stuff that we have to, to date being created. So that's a side topic. Well, it's not really a side, but I think it's important. Don't get both sides shouldn't get hung up on absolutes and pure. It's purely this and purely that. Well, and I think you know, I think what well, I think that this brings us to what well, we're. I think one of the things that we want to talk about today is you know this idea of how was the world created so we have science has now come to the big bang theory um that is where we're finding uh a lot of this rests um and then uh we feel that because of traditional biblical tradition they don't want the big bang theory being taught um it doesn't you know coincide sorry excuse me coincide with creation um, so should, is this the answer? Um, and so we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, I think for me personally, when it came to the big bang theory, 
um, when I was growing up, I was extremely skeptical. I was like, there's no way. Um, the, and for a large portion of my life, it was, you know, the Genesis narrative is exactly how the world was created. Um, and then I started to do more research into, um, how was the world created, uh, as according to the scientists, um, we did more research and, uh, we actually found that, um, it's kind of funny because, uh, so many traditional Christians nowadays view the big bang theory as evil, but actually when it first started, uh, people didn't want there to be a big bang theory, uh, they didn't want it to, and not Christians, this is people that were hardcore against uh, Christianity, so we would say possibly those hardcore atheists, they were like, no, the universe has always been, it will always be there, um, this is all just randomness. Right. Um, and then what ended up happening is that with the Big Bang Theory, there became a starting point. Right. Um, so there was something that happened that in initially sparked everything else to happen. God spoke. <laughs> right. So like there, there is something that happened. So we, we're doing more research into that, you know, the antimatter versus the matter, um, this collision that occurred. And, and then somewhere out of all of that, the universe is created. Um, and we are on a trajectory, right? Like that's the, this is the research that they've come up with to let us know that, you know, um, that, that it's, that there was an epicenter that caused an explosion somewhere out in space. And so we are all blasting out from this center um, and just going out to the to the edges of the universe, um, and so that's what was a lot of the research that backed that. I mean, it created all this different types of matter. Uh, if you want to look up, you know, gravity, uh, how that kind of stuff works, why we revolve around the sun, why does all this stuff happen, um, and so you end up with, and so this is just the science aspect, and then you have this this Earth uh, that is at this optimum location away from yeah. the sun to where it is able to support um or it is able to house water uh we're a biological uh species that's dependent upon water and all species on earth are dependent upon it. um and so without water you cannot have life and so uh through that uh we were able to um through it housing water and having it we were able to eventually, over time, uh, have different species on the planet through evolution, adaptation, um, and this is where we are today. Um, that's the whole Big Bang Theory. Uh, there are some that believe um, it, that in the Bible, there's this thing called Gap Theory which is God created the heavens and the earth in seven days. He did his seven day thing or that there were like six days. And then there was a gap before we hit Adam and Eve. So that's, he created all this stuff and then just slowly took his time and eventually got to the seven day to the seventh day. I don't know if I agree with that one either. No, but I'm, a, I'm more open to that than everything got done in five days or six days. Right, and so that's so that's where part of it comes from. Um, the uh, and then the other theory is just simply that uh, is well, and accompanying with that is people are like, well, how long is a day? You know, that's the and it's like no, like if for them in their terms during that time, they would have been it would have been 
the day night cycle. That's right. how long it would have been. If you're if we want to get super scientific with it and you want to go back to that historical context and all that kind of stuff, you're going to find out that they legitimately thought it was an entire day. It was a 24-hour cycle is how God created it. Um, and okay, um, if that's you, that's um, that's okay. Just know that uh, that you are free to have those opinions and that kind of stuff. Uh, we just ask that, you know, you be a little bit more gracious to those of us that may not align with that level of thinking. Question. This isn't dispositive in any way, but this was this is this is what has always troubled me about it. In addition to the science, what science suggests? Because I'm going to be a little I'm going to be a little less gracious with science. What we know today about the Bang, Big Bang Theory is what we know today. And too much of what's being talked about, and the pandemic exposed this terribly, is science is treated as this gospel in and of itself that knows everything. Science com constantly changes on a, most matters. I mean, we know what the temperature is for boiling water and uh, you know a lot of elemental stuff like that. But in particularly when it comes to the cosmos and our universe, and, and even our own galaxy, this stuff's changing all the time. So, um, you know, quantum, quantum physics is not really generating all that much helpful science at this point, 50, 60 years later, 70 years later. So science isn't settled either. But what we know today, Big Bang Theory, I'm, if God created the universe instantaneously, makes sense, that's what science seems to suggest. But when it comes to the earth itself and particularly humanity, you look at the whole rest of the Bible outside those first couple chapters, folks. God takes his sweet time doing everything. Everything. He doesn't make a covenant with Abraham and bestow on him his chosen person for quite a while in, the, in, in human times. Uh, Jesus comes around. Why does G why does he wait that long for Jesus? And why does it if if he created the earth in five days? Why didn't he just create Jesus as a fully formed man at thirty three and get it all done then? So my point is, and again, it's not it's not proof positive. It's a theory. It's a suggestion. God seems to take his time and let the let nature itself work itself out so um so what's next on the docket the flood well or are we at adam and eve well so we're going to keep going with adam and eve that one i'm a little more confounded by so i think that if adam there was only adam and eve how did we become we because that means brothers and sisters we're sleeping with brothers and sisters, right? I'm not. It's, it's a serious question. You obviously have never read about uh, about Locke or uh, <laughs> and sleeping with your daughters. So, well, he says that a couple chapters later. But if there's only Adam <laughs> and there's only Eve, and then there's Cain and Abel, yeah. Uh, so I think I think that uh, when it comes to uh, the Big Bang Theory, I think we need to keep our, our minds open. Science is not 
necessarily the answer. So what we at, what we would suggest uh, for those that had any questions is keep an open mind, but also be critical. Um, be critical, um, analyze things, do your research, um, and and find out for yourself uh, what it is. Um, but again, make sure that you're looking at credited sources <laughs> and not just uh, the first thing that pops up on Google, please. You know, peer review is always good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's what we would recommend. But yes. Uh, well, well, okay. But before we go off, I guess before we do go off, okay. Genesis. Put the dispute aside as to how it actually happened, when it, how much time it happened, all that. If you're someone who believes in a young life and you're arguing with somebody or disagreeing with somebody who's either a believer or not not a believer most likely don't get hung up on that on the I'm sorry it's that is you're missing the forest through the trees if that's what you're arguing about that's not the point of the story the point of the story is the world we live in the physical and the spiritual the many dimensions, probably many that, you know, that we keep asking ourselves about how many dimensions are those. Those are created by God and God created all of that. And the singular thing out of all that he created that was in his image was man. All right. That's the point of the story. And there's another little theological story. This one's not talked about a lot. A lot of people are, uh, are confused by the, the last little bit where he rests on the, on the seventh day. And I know a popular notion, and I'm, I, don't, it's, I think it's a perfectly good notion, is that God's demonstrating uh, the, the importance of resting and reflecting on what someone's done, which is why we're then given the, the order to uh, rest ourselves on the Sabbath. There's another thought of what God is doing. And when, 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 that, when the Bible says God rests, that is him taking, uh, that is him taking his presence on the temple that he has created, which is the earth, which is where he's supposed to now be worshipped. So, that one I got from a theologian through N.T. Wright. So, cheers to you, Dr. Wright. I thought that was interesting. Never heard that before. Yeah, and I think uh, what's good is kind of what you said is like you're missing the point. If if you're if you're arguing through this, understand that Genesis' purpose is actually to show the um, the love and benevolence of God uh, through the redemptive process. Um, he goes and he what we're going to talk about right now with the flood. Um, well, we want to talk about Adam and Eve first, so we'll talk about Adam and Eve, but then we get to the flood um, and just what is his. Sorry about that. Uh, about his, what is his response um, to the people um, as the narrative goes on and after he makes his covenant with Abraham? How does he react um, and how does uh, it go from there? Um, but yeah, so Adam and Eve, uh, you have the, uh, the the two people at the beginning of, uh, of Genesis. Again, you have, you have these two... Uh, these two really interesting characters, and again, uh, it, it, this the story is kind of outlandish. You have the serpent, you have Adam, you have Eve. Um, they're in the garden, uh, and and it gets taken away from them. It's a very sexist story. 
it's the woman's the woman's taken from the man and he's told i'm giving you a helper that's right <laughs> uh, so let's just book that one down um no the i think that the what's important to note is again when we're talking about genesis as kind of this and again I think please when it comes to the word mythology it's it's again this ends to a means everything that's in here is extremely symbolic. You have this fruit that represents the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and really what actually opens their eyes is not necessarily eating the fruit, but it's it's now wronging God, right? God asked you not to do something, and this is what you did, okay? Um, and, and, you know, like there's this idea of the serpent. You have this whole situation of he will come and he will bite the heel of the man. But in the same sense, uh, the man will crush out the serpent. Um, and uh, that is, of course, in reference to what will eventually happen, um, you know, thousands of years later in Jesus Christ. And that uh, death will lose its sting as the, as the man um, crushes out the serpent. Um but, uh, you know, Adam, Adam is his name. It means man. Uh, Eve, she's the, she's supposed to be the birthing mother of the world, right? Like that's uh, her. And then, and they have two sons. And it says later that they have several more children, that kind of stuff. And so, yes, brothers and sisters are sleeping together, uh, creating children. They, it also says that they live for ridiculous amounts of time. Um, so, uh, somewhere in the ballpark of like, you know, like 900 years. So, um, so again, uh, maybe not exactly uh, how that went unless they had just miracle juice somewhere and they had found it. (laughs) Okay. So a couple things, uh, our friend, mutual friend Brandon once pointed out the Bible never says that Adam and Eve were the only people at the time. Right. So there's that little bit, which I think most of us just gloss past. I, we just infer on our own that these are the one; these are the two people and the only two people that are created by God. Or there's I don't I don't know, but take that as you will. Um, the takeaway for me for the Adam and Eve story, and I do think it is. I pretty much most of my entire life, even as an evangelical, believed it was a myth. The, it's the story is supposed to bring home the fact that the first and ultimate, the first and ultimate sin is just disobeying God. That that's it. The second sin, which is created by Adam and remarkably left out of the narrative by virtually everybody, you pictures. It, I mean, it's, it's the cultural thing is, you know, Eve seduces Adam into eating the, eating the fruit. We kind of leave it at that. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's become a joke that, you know, women, women are the source of all problems and all that kind of stuff. God doesn't go after Eve. God goes after Adam and says, I told you to do that and you listen to her. So you're the one responsible. Uh, so not only do they, does Adam follow what Eve tells him to do, but then he blames her for it. So he get, he's actually the the real offender there by not taking responsibility for what he did. Right. And, I mean, again, this is just kind of one of those stories where it's like, what is this, you know, 
what is the purpose of this? Um, what, are, what are the messages that we're trying to get um, from this story? And that's what's important. Um, it's not necess necessarily supposed to be the scientific explanation. Um, I think that's just a 21st century lens or even a 20th century and possibly even a 19th century lens that we want to throw on the Bible. Correct. Um, but that's not, that's not how they would have viewed it. That these are, these are moral lessons that are being taught through this, uh, process. They wouldn't get so hung up on, you know, the, the making of the cosmos or anything like that. Like that just isn't what they would do. Um, and so the more you take from it that way, the better off you're going to be. Um, but that being said, we go on, we go along further and further, uh, past Adam and Eve. And eventually we get to, uh, the earth is just so dang messy, um, that, uh, God wants to kill us all. And we're going to take a look at the flood, um, in one of our upcoming weeks, um, a little bit more, um, and just kind of talking about, you know, how do we reconcile you know, God wanting to kill thousands of people. Um, and so we have the flood. Um, and, and what does this look like for science? What does this look like for, for us? It's kind of what it's saying. You, you got anything on this, Tim? Uh, well, unlike the Genesis origin story, there are other origin stories in, there are other ancient origin stories that we've that we know of particularly in the what we call the middle east right now but they're none of them are really at all similar to the genesis story they're much they're they they're yeah they're they're much different the flood story however is interesting because there are flood stories all around the world there's they, they found them in Botswana, uh, which isn't, if you know how big Africa is, that's nowhere close to modern-day Turkey. That's not anywhere close. They have them, they found them in Central America and I believe South America. There is a tribe that they found in Arizona, an Indian tribe that has a very similar flood story. And I believe in parts of Asia, they, they found flood stories. So this is a worldwide story. Now, atheists will say, see, and then there was just some flood and so and that and then you guys just added a whole bunch of nonsense to it. But, you know, it was there was just this cataclysmic thing that happened. Um, the point is, there seems to be evidence that there was a worldwide flood, whether you want to attach religious significance to it or not. The one difference theologically that is different about the Genesis story from all of the others is that is the only story where God God makes a promise to man that he will never do it again. None of the other stories have that. They are they are much darker in how they end and they just kind of move along as if wait for it to happen, you know, the gods might get angry and do it again later. So that's my initial thought. Um I've I've read I've read science again mostly from the young earthers that that su that suggest that a flood is what created uh, the Grand Canyon. I don't know. Do what you will with that. Uh, I don't I don't know. Again, there does seem to be a a, a worldwide flood. 
Um, I don't believe, I, I, I think, I don't take the book literally that it, that like every living creature two by two was put on this boat and somehow they managed all of this animal poop for a couple hundred days. I, I just, I think, again, we, we need to be able to hold two different things at the same time and not say, oh, if I don't believe this, then my whole faith is crumbling and I can't, then, then my belief in self, in the salvation and the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ crumbles too, because that means that didn't happen. I, look, I think the book does first. Uh, all right. You, you, I think, you know, the, you have the answer to this was the account in Genesis. Was it contemporaneously written about the flood Colton? that we know of when when was gen, when was the book of genesis as we know it written most likely what do we think you're gonna throw this one at me uh yeah so i get to be the one that uh, gets to be uh, <laughs> run out on a pole yeah so okay so the biblical tradition which we'll revisit is that uh moses wrote the book of genesis um if you look up actually who wrote the book of Genesis? The answer is we don't know. So what we have to go off of is the oldest manuscripts. We also have to look at when were people actually writing stuff down. Um, and not just like, like the book of Genesis is a big book. Like it's not, it's not, I think it's like 90 pages. Like, there are pages. no, no, no. It's maybe like 60 pages. Maybe it's like 60, 63. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's substantial, right? Like this isn't just like write it down on like a stone tablet and like, and you're good to go, you know, and just carry that around with you everywhere that you go. Um, instead, it is uh, it is believed um, that it was passed down through uh, oral tradition, and then it was eventually given to us when uh, the Israelites uh, were taken into custody by the Babylonians. Okay, uh, the Babylonians took an extreme interest in um, in the Israelites, um, and King Nebuchadnezzar asked them to, uh, record all of their, all of their teachings, all of their writings. And so they got the opportunity to do that. And that's where we find a lot of, uh, where this came from. So the hard part is, is that something that you're going to have to come to terms with, uh, as far as if this is something that you're serious about and you want to look at the factual historical data and information, you're going to have to come to terms with that Moses did not write the book of Genesis. He did not write the book of Exodus. He did not write Numbers, Deuteronomy, okay, um, or Leviticus. Um, and so that's just... He didn't write it down, but maybe he was right. the author of an oral tradition until it got written down. How about that? Right, which is fair. Okay. Uh, anybody who's got a problem with the last five minutes can send their email, angry email to Colton at go to hell podcast.com. Uh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I want to tell you that uh, where, I, where we get all this information is like, um, is again, like we, we, we clarified that this is, this is now like if you were to take an academic Bible class, this is right. now one of the things that they would discuss with you about old Testament. You would get this, this would be like one of the lectures that you have to go over like day one um, because this is just something that's a little earth shattering for people. They're just like, well, if Moses didn't write it, then how can I believe it? Again, something to understand about the Israelites and the Jews is that they were extremely meticulous. Um, the whole way that they set up their 
um, their temples, the way that they did everything. They did it to the T. In Jesus's day, they still had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. Okay, um, and that's how important all of that stuff was to them. So they were probably doing that for years and years and years and years and years before um, they were taken into Babylon. That's why they have all those stories. They had been memorizing it for years and years, um, just as oral tradition. But you are going to have to come up with the fact that it's like, yes, this was a game of telephone for a little bit. And Moses was not, wasn't contemporaneous to Noah either. It, was, it had been passed down through many, many generations right, many, many by the time it got to Noah. Before it, before it gets written down. Um, and so... Uh, that's something to just keep in mind. It doesn't mean that it's not true or that it didn't happen. It just means that um, this is there were just a lot of people in, that were hearing the story before it was finally written down. Um, so it's just uh, kind of something to keep in mind about the flood um, and about all of this and about the Genesis narrative. Up next we have, uh, and we kind of talked, on it a little bit we have evolution you talked about evolution just a little bit scientific explanation of evolution is yes we kind of um again going back to that we are in this perfect um kind of situation on earth where we are able to uh, foster life um and what does that what does that mean for us um is kind of uh uh a cool thing to look at occasionally, but um, did we evolve is just kind of a huge issue. Um, when I was growing up, this was a this was a very large thing. Um, should we be teaching evolution in schools? There are teachers uh, across the country that uh, purposely leave out evolution and teaching it to uh, students. Um, and is that acceptable? Is that what we should be doing? Um, my take on it is this, is that for any of you that are that are scared by the evolution boogeyman, um, is understanding what evolution is, is, is first the important thing. Understanding that evolution is just adaptations that have happened over, an ex over a vast amount of time. Um, if you don't think that adaptations are real, um, I'm sorry, you obviously have not been paying attention to just <laughs> the world you live in. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool phenomenon that happens in our world um, and you have really really cool things that come out of it um, and so this and so evolution is eventually through all those adaptations those mutations we are able to um, get to this point um, and so if you go back far enough um, through history and you get to what is the original um, where we think that there is, in Mesopotamia, you have this, uh, in the cradle of humanity, you have these um, men who are not fully man, but you have that they are um, slightly more intelligent, they're able to make crude tools, um, and that kind of stuff. Um, and that is usually where people draw the line on evolution. They're like, there was a species in here that this is where they started. Um, and so that's completely up to you. Uh, Maybe they were the Nephilim. Yeah. Uh, I tend to believe, as as you'll find uh, sometimes when it comes through this, that I agree with 
usually most of the time I do agree with science um, is that I do think that we came out of some evolutionary uh, process. Uh, we started off as single cell organisms and eventually over time uh, we became uh, who we are today. I know that that seems crazy, far-fetched for a lot of people. Um, and already some of you guys just turned this off. You guys are like, can't listen to this guy anymore. They're like, put Tim back on. Um, I, here's the hard part though, is that a lot of people think that, um, when I do this, it actually, when I say this or when I believe this, it actually limits God's power, but I don't think that at all. I think actually it magnifies his power by a lot. Um, and that again, what Tim said earlier, and we're going to talk about that a couple more times throughout this process is that God moves very slowly. Um, and I think it makes it that much cooler to know that all of these things happened and eventually we were able to get to these people that are able to think and have thoughts of their own and, and not just act on animal instincts and we're able to respond and talk to one another and create incredible things. I think that that is just such a really cool, um, amazing thing that God that only God could do, in my opinion. I, I know that there's randomness and all that kind of stuff, but I believe that there is a divine intention behind everything that happens in this universe. And I believe that uh, that that's what makes this even that much cooler, is that there was a divine intention for all of this to happen for me to be here today and having this conversation. Um, so for those of you that think that it takes away from his power and ability, I would just say I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, so that's where I stand on evolution. Tim, you want to chime in? Yeah, I would say I'm a, uh, a a hearty skeptical evolutionist. Um, I I think the I think the average person, even who's maybe got a year worth of biology at a college, thinks that uh, still holds the Darwinian view of evolution as what the that as the view of evolution most of what darwin dreamed up on his boat trip is has not proven to be accurate at all in fact by the time i think he died he had himself didn't believe a lot of the stuff um that he'd written so evolution the idea of evolution itself has dramatically changed since the theory came out um i think a lot of what people hold are kind of fundamentalists on about evolution. Um, they're being almost religious themselves because there's a lot of open questions about evolution. Um, not in, I agree with you. There is a heavy level of adaptation. There's no doubt in this world. Um, I mean, you can just see it in how there's different strains of dogs and even among people themselves that there that adaptation happened clearly adaptation happens and i'm and i would be confident to say a, a heavy level of evolution has occurred over many thousands if not millions of years i just i think a lot of the origin uh how we how we actually came about was it a single cell we certainly seem to share a single cell but maybe that's just how god created us um I, that's still oh, that's still a wild theory as far as I'm concerned. I think any honest evolutionist would say we don't have any, there's no evidence of that. We certainly have a plethora all around the world, particularly in North America, of all kinds of species evolving and adapting. Again, to your point, if you're a Christian and don't believe that, <laughs> 
God gave us science. Don't spit in the face of what God gave us. It's pr- it, it's clear. We have adapted quite a bit to what level the Cro-Magnon man and these other things that we found in Mesopotamia and Africa and the, the caves in uh, France and elsewhere. Are they direct link to man? I, I'm sure man itself has evolved over time. Um, maybe those are the, you know, maybe to throw a wrench into the evolutionists, maybe those creatures that we find that aren't human as they are, you know, they're different, they're, they're pre-whatever we are now, maybe those are the creatures, the form of humanity that's being talked about in the Bible that lives 900 years, and that people actually lived 900 years, 800, 700 years before the flood. So, um, yeah, so uh, again, a skeptical evol- evolutionist. Uh, science is not by God. It's actually of the devil. Um, <laughs> just, I, I don't feel like we said that. Um, Tim is over here. He's like, God gave us science. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> um, so all that being said, Newton, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of this being said, we get to, um, you know, I, I think when we when we come to science, we're coming at it from two different perspectives. We have, and not two different perspectives. Um, I'm saying that there are there's this idea that that these two things don't work, and what we're finding, and even as we have this conversation, Tim and I don't agree necessarily on every point. Um, we say that there's you disagree on the margins. Yeah, and and ultimately these are opinions. Uh, we we talk about them, um, we get to discuss them. Uh, you know, that there's a lot of stuff that we still don't know. Um, and so uh, where you put your faith in and where you put your hopes in should honestly, at the end of the day, be Jesus Christ. And, um, and, and that's what you were talking about at the beginning, where it's like, don't, don't lose the image of this. Uh, throughout all of this, the, the entire purpose of the Bible is to show God's redemption of humanity through Jesus Christ. This is the big picture here. Um, this is a, a story if this is what you're looking for and it ends to a means or, or that kind of thing. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what is important about the scriptures is that we continue to remain Christ-focused. And that's what we were talking about last week, where it's like, this is the center of our faith. Um, because we're not a Christian. If we don't believe in Jesus Christ, that he is God, and that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he came back to life and ascended into the clouds, um, that that is... Uh, something that we need to acknowledge, but uh, well, th- let's put a finer point on that, and and really focus in on what the topic of the conversation is. The church, I- I'm not going to judge people individually, but certainly enough individuals have either voted at the voting booth or supported political movements with their money that we made a big we've made a big deal about evolution and creation in church and in school to the point where it's turned off a lot of people and i say that i don't care how upset you are about evolution and how diehard you are about the the literal creation story you are missing the forest through the trees you are turning people away from the central message and at it's counterproductive who cares my my friend and mentor would say apparently it means everything that somehow even though Jesus didn't me- mention 
anywhere in the Gospels that it's recorded that one must believe that his father created everything in five days. Apparently, it's fundamental to some to you. You are getting in the way of the ultimate, of the gospel ultimately shared with people, and it's turning people off. Love your, love your neighbor. Don't let that get in the way of turning off friendships, uh, family members. I, I know family members who are completely different politically and everything. Don't let that kind of, th- from in my family, don't let that get in the way of them knowing at the end of the day, I love you because you're a fellow human being. I believe God created you in his image. I, cre- I believe he created me in his image and therefore I'm supposed to love you just as I would love myself and love him. And we too often let these silly, in the grand scheme of things, scientific arguments, parlor, you know, arguments at the end of the bar, cheers, <laughs> turn into mountains, out of, we turn mountains out of molehill, molehills and it's, 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 it's been it's it's been embarrassing as I stutter my way through. This. I find some of this has been really embarrassing for the last 40, 50 years, most of my adult life, the amount of time and energy spent on this topic. Yeah. And I think and I mean, like where where Tim and I come from. Is- now, let me circle back. Sorry, just to interrupt you. Science is now doing the opposite. And I implore any of you who aren't believers or are or people who do believe in science, don't do the counter and you curb stomp Christians because now you're winning the argument because that's what's going on now in a lot of our discussion. We're now treating science as its own form of fundamental religion. And if you don't believe it, then you're going to be cast out of the church of, of science and you're not, to be, you're not to be considered part of the good people. And it's just turned into this other version of neo-Puritanism. Don't do that either. Science is not nearly as settled as you think it is. It is still evolving. So that's my two-minute rant, five-minute rant, whatever. Well, I think actually that, that makes a good segue because I think what's important to understand is that also in the as much as we want to make science work with the Bible and that kind of stuff there, we're dealing with two completely separate entities here. Um, is that you are dealing with something that is um, spiritual, and um, spiritual means a lot to different people. But again, this is kind of uh, what we're talking about is this is this sense of community, um, the sense of belonging, um, something that's apart from science. Uh, a lot of people, when they talk about people dying, they they recognize that there is like this soul in this living being, and 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 the spiritual realm is this idea of trying to take care of that entity um and i'm not even like the type that gets all like weird about that kind of stuff but there is uh, when we look at if you if you take any health and wellness uh, courses or anything like that you'll they'll always still mention that there is a spiritual element to where you need to get actively involved and the way that you continue to foster that is by helping other people it's from um taking time out quiet meditation whatever Um, and, and these kind of elements help you, um, with that. And so a lot of the things that kind of go on through the Bible are not able to necessarily be explained through science. Um, there's a lot of work in the spiritual realm. Um, and so like, if you're, if you are super into just like harping and just like science is your thing, um, and you find religion in that, it's just understand that there's not 
there's not a spiritual element there because it just doesn't exist in the realm of science. Um, it's not. Um, and so what oftentimes what people and why people feel such a belonging and a drawing towards religion. Now we're talking about people that actually feel drawn to that. And it's usually the spiritual element that they get to feel a part of something um, and that they believe that their entire spirit is lifted through that process. Um, but also something that we do have to draw the line on, and we talked about this, is, is there is at some point, and I've, and I've been the most science forward today. I, I said, you know, I say the Big Bang Theory is true. I say that evolution happens. I say that it could have even started with a single cell organism. I'm like, I don't even like, that doesn't stretch my imagination to think that that's how that came about. I also said that, um, the, the Bible was not necessarily written by Moses, but please don't email me about that one. Um, <laughs> but after all of that, something that does have to be said by every single believer and something that I, I, I need to clarify to you is that believers, no matter how much they want to align with science, we do also have to acknowledge that there is, there is an element of the supernatural. Absolutely. Um, in our religion. I cannot definitively be a Christian without acknowledging the fact that Jesus Christ legitimately died and came back to life three days later. That's how that works. He had to have died in order enough Correct. for any of this to work. And no matter how much science has wanted to resurrect somebody, I know that some of you guys like Mary Shelley out there, but like, you know, <laughs> Frankenstein is not coming back to life. You know, like that's not what happened. He walks up, he's cognitive. He tells people, look at the, uh, the holes in my hands, the, the piercing in my side, you know, all of this stuff is extremely yeah, important for, for many, many days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, it's not like he's bleeding out. Um, and it's not like three days so, is enough time to recover from those injuries. We've settled the resurrection. That one we'd say he wrote, he, did he ascend into heaven? We, yes. Correct. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, The other miracles that are mentioned, I don't think, I don't think uh, the disciples and anybody who was there didn't understand there were actually this many loaves of bread and this many fishes, right. and we just miscounted. And right. there was a we didn't know that there was a, a, a Samaritan uh, caterer in the back who just kept, yeah. kept handing out food to everybody. Exactly that happened. Lazarus ha happened. All of the other miracles in the New Testament that Jesus did happened. The miracles that some of the disciples themselves in Acts perform happen. You and I will also agree that many, if not most, maybe even all of the miracles, putting aside the things that we've discussed, but the, let's take Moses. We talked about that before we were on air. Those things happened. They didn't... Whoever, when Moses didn't have the inability to explain that, that the water turned into red, that, that, this, that wasn't like, because that's often the, for those of you who have never heard any kind of skepticism, well, I, from actual believers, there's, there's strains of Christians who don't actually, well, Thomas Jefferson was one of them. He, didn't, he, he famously had the Bible where he uh, went, 
cut out all of the miracles because he didn't he only he believed in a natural world only but uh some of the criticism by non-believers and uh, by, let's say historic uh, historians is this was just ancient people not being able to describe some of the things that um that they were witnessing i don't believe that Pe these people weren't stupid um they knew when people were dead they knew when frogs magically appear out of nowhere they know when a, a, a river the size of the the nile turns red that's pretty remarkable uh when when the oldest boy drops dead i mean all these things these things happen the jonah and the big fish one that one's always kind of confounded me but i'm willing to believe that one that that one even since it, i'm not i'm not saying i don't believe it but that one's always just kind of been odd right and i think that uh the 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 tales of of daniel and uh Ishak, uh radshak meshak mendigo great uh bb uh beastie boy song by the way um beastie boys baby um absolutely happened those are things that we're not at all those are hills we will die on and if someone who's not a believer says that's just kooky talk then i'll just that we i i'm perfectly capable of saying okay we agree to disagree it but i can't make you believe in these kind of things you either do or you don't it's kind of like believing in jesus himself it's you either do or you don't i can't make you and i'm not going to be mad at you and cast you aside because you don't it's just okay you don't believe it but those are things that absolutely we believe in and by the way i don't think a lot of people have left the church because of miracles we're just throwing this in here or i don't think people if you're not if you're turned off by the bible and this whole jesus thing and the fact that he died for our sins but you can't get past the miracles i think you're looking for excuses if i'm being honest so i don't i don't think that's a common occurrence but so we're just saying this really just to let our audience know we're not that far out there right yeah no i think i think what's important when you go over this is just that you know, when it comes to your um, your beliefs and that kind of stuff, it, it th there has to still be that idea of what we talked about last week. Where you know, what is what is the center of our faith, and that's why I started with Jesus Christ. And that we we have to say this, um, it, or else you're just not a part of the group. Uh, you have to believe in this. So as much as I want to let science influence there are still things that i have to believe or things that i do believe and not like have to you know but uh it is so important that that we acknowledge that kind of stuff too and those are going to be things that that you yourselves are going to have to to struggle with and wrestle with and and hopefully today we've given you guys uh some things to wrestle with and struggle with in places where you can you know um, spend some time in prayer or maybe go and do some research yourself and figure out uh, your answers. Again, peer review is always good. Um, books are always good. Uh, please don't just click on the first Google search you find. Um, cannot stress that enough. Uh, so, but uh, is there anything else you want to say, Tim? Yeah, I have one more topic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you, you a curveball. Oh, okay, all right. Aliens.
This one, this one just popped into my head. I thought about it like probably, I don't know, like 15 minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I ask. You go. Oh, okay. Aliens. Okay. Golly, I got to say this. <laughs> Recorded and live on the internet. Okay. So because of how much I believe in science, and I believe that there are, as far as we know, there are an infinite amount of universes, infinite expanses of time, space, blah, 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 whatever. I say yes. But here's what I say is that when we first find aliens, it's going to be so cool, but it's it, it's literally just going to be like a little bacteria. Like it's going to be like a microscopic bacteria. It's going to be the most, it's going to be the most awesome thing ever. When we find it, we're going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And then, and maybe there is like, there is like, now if you're talking about like intelligent alien life, it's possible. I I mean, like there's infinite situations. You know, know, it's my understanding. Billy Graham was asked this and he was like, I sure there might be another world out there. What's been real, revealed to us has been revealed to us. That doesn't mean God doesn't have another plan for another, right? And do they have, a, another do they species? Have do they have and do they have a Jesus? Maybe the Garden of Eden was actually another planet. I'm actually going to be on the History Channel at 2 a.m. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the pyramids next. Yeah, I don't know. I spent most of my life not believing at all in aliens. I don't know what to believe. I did, I spent most of my time not believing in aliens either. But then, like, the more you like look at it, the more I'm like, Whoa, well, I the, the the math thing. Look, pure math. Yes, yeah, statistically speaking, it's it's highly unlikely. But if you if you have a if you have a God centered view like we do, I, I think it's easy to just say, you know, we God created this this universe for us. Uh, and since this world's finite and God's infinite, who knows is that if this is like the two two trillion four hundred fiftieth time he's done this experiment? I don't. I have no idea. These are things that I think these are. We've now reached the absurd part of the podcast, but these are things that I grew up. My parents and my grandparents did not tell me this. I did not grow up in a house like this, but. This was the kind of stuff you did, weren't supposed to talk about because you don't want to talk about it. Because for some reason, all these things that literally n- nothing is talked about in the Bible, if you start going down these rabbit holes. Now, one could say, why do you care? That's a fair argument. But I find these kind of discussions interesting. So I don't know. What I do know is for s- since the 1940s, our government was emphatic that there were not UFOs. And in the last couple of years, they have emphatically proven that they've been lying to us. And they and there are machines created by somebody that they literally told Congress two weeks ago are beyond our our understanding of physics. So do with that what you will. Tim's actually wearing a tinfoil hat right now. <laughs> um, I had it. It's here in my drawer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put it on when I listened to Rush. I was like, maybe we should actually be uh, drinking Hen House. Um, <laughs> well, okay. All right. So no, I, no, 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 no. You get a curveball now. <laughs> oh, dear. At the end of the... Okay, so we talked yeah, about the supernatural. The supernatural. What do we feel about um, spirits and ghosts since we're on the alien talk? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> 
I do believe I do believe in Satan and I do believe in demons. So and I don't believe I think heaven I think I think what most of us what most of us our idea of heaven and what the afterlife is is way more complicated because we can't fathom it. So this is this is a really bad answer. I, I, yeah, I, I I do. Um, I look. My wife's the same way. We very much believe. We do believe in demons. I don't watch anything, anything that starts getting in that realm, like uh, movie or TV wise. I tend to get away from it because it it flips me out. Just because those things exist. Uh, I do believe. I do believe people. Uh, get demon possessed um i think that's hard for us to believe because we are so scientific we are we have 40 400 years so 400 400 years of the enlightenment and we we as westerners in particular americans so fundamentally believe in reason and maybe we should have talked about this a couple minutes ago this is a good topic to bring up um when we talked about spirituality and stuff we We've made reason itself a, a, a bit of a religion, and we've made the natural world too dominant. And it, that's it's a that's a Western view. If you go to Central America, South America, uh, we have friends in Africa that is not their their view. And you might say, well, that's just because they're 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 still not fully Westernized and modern, and that's all it is. Is just they're not modern people. I think they're more attuned to the supernatural than we are. Um, and probably informs why their their Christianity itself is a lot different than ours. It's it's more supernatural. Um, uh, so, yeah, I would say I do. I I've never had any experience with it. I'm I'm skeptical when it comes up, but I I, I I'd be lying if I said I don't believe in it too. So that's fair. I I'd say that I. I think that again, what's important is to acknowledge, uh, is to acknowledge just that, uh, again, that, that whole spiritual realm that there is, there is importance in taking care of, uh, your spiritual nature. They talked about it, um, several, they, they talked about it several times, uh, in the scriptures, they talk about, you know, this idea of protecting um, your spirit from these external forces or whatever. And so we know that those things exist. Um, you know, there's this idea, um, where there's this story in San, uh, is it, yeah, it's in Samuel, um, where Samuel gets resurrected. Uh, Saul has his, tries to communicate with the spirit of Samuel. And so we have to sit there. And again, what we talked about earlier, is that a true story? And we could say, yeah. So, uh, we say that this medicine woman or this uh, let the spirit of Samuel possess her. And then uh, he had a conversation with Samuel where Samuel told him he was going to die the next day on the battlefield. So, uh, you know, you and I have a mutual friend from the church we used to go to who has a story of a, a woman in Brazil clearly possessed with something. Right. And so that's why it's important to protect that spiritual element of yourself. And I think, you know, as to what I was saying, it's interesting that that story comes up in Brazil. It doesn't come up where that kind of thing happens in 
I think there's a reason why that kind of thing, those things don't happen here because we don't believe in that. We believe in superheroes. And in those parts of the world where it does exist, it's because people still believe in that and Satan uses that as a weapon. Whereas here, we, we'd either discount it as kooky talk. Right, you get checked into an insane asylum. You get, yeah, you get checked into an insane asylum and on the rare chance that someone captured it with their smartphone, then we'd be coming up with some kind of scientific reason to ex- explain it. Like uh, Monsanto fed him too much uh, no, you just make bad corn. Out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the first real Marvel hero. Um, so it, 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 that stuff doesn't work here. So. Right. Well, anything else for the good of the order? No. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we're still rough around the edges, being our only, only our second podcast. We have not done podcasting before, so bear with us as we continue to uh, get this a little more professional, hopefully. Um, but uh, Yeah, and on that note, do you want me to tell you a little secret about today? Yeah. I haven't had this plugged in, like, the entire time. <laughs> for those of you guys that don't know, we have a, we have mics set up, but I... I don't have mine plugged in, so it's just been going off of my laptop mic this entire time, so we'll see how good this audio comes out. <laughs> you might have to record this twice. <laughs> and we're done for the day. <laughs> Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. Beer.